Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM, let's create. There's always something that, you know, restores my faith a little bit. And just in a way to, to, to come full circle, the responses to that 25 best film list even though you know there 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 was a lot of hostility and pushback and 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 uh kind of fault finding there was also more more striking was like everybody wanted to kind of get into the game and get into the conversation and there was a lot that I thought was really constructive and beautiful about it because I think everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people started out acknowledging, well, of course, as you say, this is imperfect. This is, you know, here are two human beings doing something that's, that's, that's on its face ridiculous. Like, we're going to list the 25, our 25 favorite, or the 25 best movies of, of the century so far. I mean, that's an absurd thing to do. If you accept that that's absurd, then you can actually find something kind of um, fun and constructive and interesting to do with it. And a lot of that happened. That was A.O. Scott. I'm Sam Fragoso. This is Talk Easy. Welcome to the show. of life, A.O. Scott has been, and is, many things. A Harvard graduate, a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize in Criticism, an assistant to the late Robert Silvers of the New York Review of Books, a book critic at Newsday, a father, a Pirates of the Caribbean hater, and finally, the chief film critic for the New York Times. Alongside Manola Dargis, Scott can be found each week writing passionately about contemporary cinema. However, what you may remember Scott from is not just his writing, 
but his job co-hosting at the movies with Michael Phillips, a spiritual spinoff of Ebert and Siskel. It's funny, but it's not enough to save Zombieland from the grisly skip it fate. I'm happy to give it away because I like this movie. It's Bill Murray, a great cameo, oh and I, I the think internet is lighting up already. Lighting up, I think it's of you, Mr. Worst Phillips. kept secret. I no, I, I I think this movie is great trash. I just started laughing early. I think this first-time director, Ruben Fleischer, knows how to set up a psych gag, and yes, they're incredibly gory psych gags, but. The idea of having Jesse Eisenberg, you know, who's got this wonderful deadpan, he's actually drier than Michael Sarah, which is really saying something, you know, to have him in the middle of a zombie splatter picture is inherently comic. It's and not I went enough. With it no, it's not enough. This, first of all, Jesse Eisenberg is doing exactly what Jesse Eisenberg does in every no, other movie. It's invisible which I technique. Like a lot. It's excellent technique. No, no. no, this movie is fundamentally empty. There is nothing in this movie but a kind of antic, frantic spinning around of all of the pop culture reference wheels. This movie adds nothing to the genre. It doesn't add anything to the spoofs of the genre. No, it's not in the George it. Romero to me, to tradition. Me it's like, it's not in the Shaun of the Dead tradition. It's just, both of which well I just, love. Both of which I love. I love and this them is, too. Yes, but I, to this me this is, is like, like it was this made is, for YouTube. Now this is, Scott has remained equally combative in the pages of the New York Times. So much so that in the summer of 2012, Samuel Jackson sent out a particularly angry tweet. He wrote, Avenger fans, New York Times critic A.O. Scott needs a new job. Let's help him find one, one he can actually do. In fact, Jackson's call to action, which was in response to the Times' pan of the Avengers, did lead Scott to another job, that of a published author. Titled Better Living Through Criticism, the book is a comprehensive, rose-colored defense of the art of his profession. But a year has passed since its publication, talking now we'd be naive to ignore the changing realities of this job. At times, this conversation may verge on inside baseball, the joyful absurdity of film Twitter, the New York Times' widely debated best films of the 21st century so far list, that peculiar Wonder Woman review. Everything was on the table when we sat down earlier this June at the Metrograph Theater in New York. But first, I start by making fun of Million Dollar Baby, because... You know, it's Million Dollar Baby. So, finally, here is A.O. Scott. Uh, I want I want to go into this uh, top 25 list. Oh, yeah. Which has been a blast. <laughs> As all lists are, you know, when you have to negotiate and fight over them. Yeah. Um. What do you make of all this? Besides the fact that you guys inexplicably included Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> well, see, that is so funny what people um, react to. Because you know, I mean, when, when you make a list like this, you know, I mean, to, to a certain extent, you're trolling everyone in the world. Um, and the, the, the most common objection you get or the kind of questions you get are why you left off specific things, as if there were a reason, you know, as if there was something about... Um, Grand Budapest Hotel, say, um, that that kept it off the list, rather than just that, you know, we're dealing with thousands of movies. There are two of us with our different tastes and different opinions. So um, to some degree, you know, it's a it's a composite or compromised list. It's not the list that either Manola or I would have made individually. But we had a lot of fun putting it together and kind of horse trading and digging around in, in our previous lists. Um, but 
Million Dollar Baby was an easy call for us because we both love that movie and we're both kind of big um, Eastwood tourists, you might say. And uh, that was what surprised me the most. Like that, is that a thing? And Boyhood, Eastwood tourists, is that a thing? Yeah. Well, the, the, as is as is has often been the case in the history of uh, American culture and civilization and the arts, um, the 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 French are often better at appreciating. Um, our own cultural productions than we are. So uh, Clint, Clint Eastwood is taken extremely seriously in France, just as the you know the French critics in the in the 50s were the first people to take Howard Hawks and Nicholas Ray and 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 Hitchcock and John Ford seriously as artists. So too their descendants in the 70s and 80s um, kind of place the that that mantle of 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 great Hollywood artists on um, Clint Eastwood's. Shoulders, where I think it rests quite comfortably. So, um, yeah, there, there are, um, and I just, I, I guess, I guess I do hang around with the wrong people. I, I thought this was kind of um, uncontroversial. I actually thought that the, 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 the high estimation of, um, of, of Clint Eastwood's uh, artistry was, was a, was a widely shared view. So um, now I want to know who. You, you come mean, to find out, when you you're know. hanging out with people, are you guys all like, yes, J. Edgar is a masterpiece? Um, well, you know, J. Edgar might not be a masterpiece, but, but Space Cowboys certainly is. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I don't, I don't generally travel in circles where, where that would be a surprising, uh, or controversial opinion. Mm. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> maybe I don't, maybe I'm traveling in the wrong circles. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Million Dollar ba- Baby was, was, was one of our easier calls and was, I think, the single movie that people were just like, what? You know, all over Twitter, like, what? What? I think it's not helped by the fact that that um, a lot of people uh, are dismayed by Clint Eastwood's politics and political statements. And, you know, there were people last year who were talking about how after he said what he said about Trump, um, people should boycott Sully, um, which was ridiculous. Sully's an amazingly good movie. Um, he's a great filmmaker. We can argue about that if you want. But anyway, I, w- I was, uh, I, I, I have, I have some quibbles and and regrets maybe about the list as one always does. But uh, Million Dollar Baby in the number three slot is not one of them. Okay, that that's fair. <laughs> I, you know, I, we could go back and forth on the filmography and going into yeah. Invictus, but we don't need to do that. But you know what's interesting. <laughs> Is that, so you say that you say Invictus, J. Edgar. Those are good movies. I like those movies. I even like the one the, that weird Life After Death one. Which I, what's it called? Hereafter. Hereafter. Okay, I actually like Hereafter. So that <laughs> that one I would agree with. Uh, but it seems like the list did exactly what you two wanted it to do. It it did, um, and we were and we weren't sure that it would. You know, because uh, the the the. The thing that you fear the most is that people either ignore it or like, yeah, cool, okay, yeah, or you know, um, people don't rise to the bait and say, well, yeah, okay, that's your opinion, that's valid, because who 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 wants that, you know, in the world of of cinephilia and and criticism. So, you know, we also wanted to make a little bit of a critical statement with the list about the kinds of movies that we that we care about, the kinds of movies that we, we think have been um, important over the last uh, 17 years. Um, we wanted it to be a fairly eclectic and wide-ranging list, but also to have some kind of coherence. 
you know, uh, pe- people come to it with their own ideas and their own um, and their own baggage and their own um, their own agendas, which is which is what we'd hoped, you know, so that that uh, immediately, like practically before the thing was even posted. Um, all of the the like the Dark Knight fans freaked out that the Dark Knight wasn't on mm-hmm. it. Um, how could you? How could you? Could you? And that and that sort of ran its course fairly quickly, so we didn't have to like dwell on that for for too long. But then, of course, you know the 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 sort of the harder core deep dish cinephiles were like, "There's no Pedro Costa on this list. How could you?" You know. So <laughs> here's the thing: you're you're, you're never going to be able to please no everyone. No. My impression of the list, and I've talked about it with a few people, a couple of filmmakers have actually discussed mm-hmm. it with um they're interested in generally pleased by it what uh, yeah. film people it's a list very much for film people i i, I think i yes. think because you, you listed uh, you gave a secondary post maybe a couple of days after being like well we didn't include fincher tarantino scorsese <laughs> right and i think to the person who's like where's dark knight they're also going to wonder Where's Inglorious Bastards? Where yeah. where are the people we believe to be the the artist? Do you have any consideration, or rather, any concern that you you made it too much for the cinephile? I I don't think so. I mean, I I, I think it was it was it was hard and it was interesting. It wasn't like we we set out you know to programmatically exclude any of those um, directors, and we were kind of surprised um, in a way that as we were kind of winnowing it down, you know, because we were starting with hundreds of, of titles. And as we were focusing in on on um, on the ones that, that made it, we were kind of like, wow, um, it's weird that there's not that there's not a Wes Anderson movie, that there's a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but not a Wes Anderson movie, that there's, you know, um, and what about Scorsese? And what about, you know, to, to go a little a little further into the to the cinephile weeds, but not that much for like Wong Kar Wai, who a lot of a lot of people um, would 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 rate very very highly. Um, I I think that in some ways we wanted it to represent um, our own our own critical preoccupations, which are very hard to articulate. Like I don't think Manola and I could could sit down and write a manifesto of like you know what what do we care about in film criticism um well i thought your book was as close to that as yeah you possibly ever did well for for me though but i'm i'm not sure i mean because because she and i there there is, there is a pretty large zone of intersection in the venn diagram of of tony's taste and sensibility and 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 manola's but but it's it's far from from identical but but one thing that we have always cared about one thing from the very beginning of our of our partnership as as chief critics at the New York Times that's been very important to us is a sense of of um of the international scope of of film that it's very important not as a matter of of snobbery or sophistication or refinement or any of those kind of loaded terms but just as a matter of a kind of accurate representation of what is going on in this art form that um you need to be paying attention to more than Hollywood and so i mean i was i was struck by when people started on Twitter posting their own top 25s. Like a lot of people had all English language or like 22 out of 25 English language films. And that strikes me as very um, skewed. We we did get some cinephile pushback saying that it, that our list was too Hollywood-centric, too, too American. Um, but we thought it was really important 
that um, directors like Hu Shen and Edward Yang, um, that that the, the sort of the the uh, the renaissance of, of Romanian cinema, um, that that Asian and African cinemas be be represented in some way. That 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 you could look at this and say, okay, this is this is called from um, from the whole world, not just from Hollywood and American independent um, films that that often I think and increasingly uh, monopolize more and more of, of of the attention. So one thing that that we have that we hoped would happen that I think has happened just judging from kind of what I hear on social media and, and stuff is that people are the people who have not seen a Darden brothers movie are like, huh? Oh, maybe I'll check that out. Um, so if that happens, you know, even 10 or 12 times out of the many thousands of people who are reading this, that would be, um, you know, we'd be doing the Lord's work. That seemed like a fair response. <laughs> It was an eloquent monologue. Well, thank you. Well, thank uh, yeah. you. No, I, I have no disagreement. Feel free to interrupt at any time. No, no, I, I think that was good. I was thinking back on not only what you were saying, but we had James Gray on the show. Mm-hmm. And he is someone who, anytime you talk to him, he kind of gives a state of the union on movies. Yeah. In a very eloquent, smart. Yeah. And I was looking at your list, and I was thinking, you know, in my head, I would want to include a couple television shows. And and I know that doesn't seem to be a consideration you or Manola. It almost seems like you guys are not, maybe not anti-TV, but it's not something I see either of you interested in writing about. Well, I, some of that just has to do with, with the kind of the, the turf boundaries that exist at the at the newspaper. You know, that, that, that like, um, it, Jim Ponowazic is the chief TV critic. Um, he's terrific at it. Uh, and but but we still you know I I think even though the as you suggest the reality of the two art forms is that they've they've um, the boundary has gotten blurry and blurry and they've kind of bled into each other in some very interesting ways just in terms of who's working on um, uh, on different projects in TV and in film and how they're being consumed by by viewers it, in some ways the 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 distinction between Film and TV is 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 a more and more shaky, um, a less and less kind of theoretically tenable. But um, we're still a newspaper that has film critics and and and, and TV critics, and um, it would yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to put like you know seasons one through four of The Wire, which still for me is like probably the peak of um motion picture visual narrative whatever you want to call this (laughs) this form um now um and you know and and there are other grades like a, a a film that was my um the top of my 10 best list for i think 2002 or three or whenever it came out was the best of youth um which was made for Italian television, which is kind of a a, a mini series or would be a limited series. Well, it's um, about six hours. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's and it's done in episodes. You know, it's like it 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 um, it's ninety minutes, it's four ninety minute chunks. So it's it's uh, that's sort of a different um, would have taken us into a very into a very different topic, and and I think we would have had to have spent more time um, kind of uh, presenting that and justifying it and and sort of arguing for it. Um, so in a way, 
you know, maybe this is this this is one of the last times that 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 a list like this would be limited to 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 movies in the in the kind of conventional um, sense. As a, as a film critic, purely, what do you make of? You know, you wrote probably one of the most read reviews of Moonlight last year, mm-hmm. and now earlier this year we get wind Barry Jenkins is going to Netflix and going to make a TV series. Yeah. What do you make of American auteurs or, or even, you know, someone like Sorrentino going right. to television? Um, I, I think it's, you know, in, in some ways it's not, it's not new, right? Um, I mean, Jacques Rivette made, made out one, um, for television. Kieslowski made the Decalogue for, for television. Um, Fassbinder made Berlin Alexanderplatz for, for television. So this is, this is not unprecedented. Um, although a lot of those movies came to us in art houses. They came to us in the United States. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think that has to do with, with, um, this distribution model, with distribution and funding streams and, 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 and state subsidies in, in, in Europe and all kinds of things that I, I don't really know very much <laughs> about, but like you know, Mike Lee worked in and 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 Ken Loach um, did a lot of of at, at the time. I think um, there was a period. I, I think in 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 the sixties and seventies and, and into the eighties when um, there was there were opportunities in European television to 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 do um, kind of. Uh, Bolder, more ambitious, more experimental things certainly than there were in 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 American television, um, but now you know I th- I think it's very interesting and I think it's 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 a wonderful boon for these artists who can work in shorter and longer forms, um, who can who can tackle uh, you know literary adaptations say that 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 probably would work better um, in an ep- you know in a multi episode structure than in just like two hours. Um, and uh, the 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 fact that especially some of these new newer players, the streaming services like Netflix and and Amazon um, have 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 money um, to fund these these projects. You know, I mean, I've I've been aware of and and known Barry Jenkins a little bit for for a while, and I was a um, a huge fan of his first film, Medicine for Melancholy, and it took what eight years um, right. to make the second one. <laughs> And I think if um, the 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 streaming services um, and 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 cable television, you know, can can get people doing more work and 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 can kind of um, accelerate the development of these careers, that's a that's a great thing. Um, and you know, I might feel a little bad that that I won't get the assignment to review. <laughs> These things, um, but that's you know that's an internal editorial matter at the, at the New York Times. That that doesn't that doesn't really um, diminish my my uh, interest or or enthusiasm about these projects. It may not diminish your interest, but it it may diminish the uh, importance of a film critic if the work is just not there. I mean, this is just you know. Yeah, that, I mean, although the work, I mean, I I'm I'm not sure, you know. Um, I don't think Moonlight is is Barry Jenkins's last feature film, and I don't think that um, Barry Jenkins is the last Barry Jenkins in a way. You know, I mean, I, I think that 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 story um, and 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 the way that that film um, captured the imagination of the audience and 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 the support of the Academy, um, and to some extent, you know, really um, 
brought into the world by with, with the help of a lot of critics, not just not just me. But I I I do think that 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 was a case where um, where criticism did have some um, some impact, some some effect on what happened. And I think that that it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen maybe as much as we would want it to. Um, but it does happen, and it, and and I'm I I. I I think it will it will happen um, again. I mean, I I, I don't think that um, the lesson that I draw from everything that's that's happened in the last um, couple of years, including the 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 success of of Moonlight, and for that matter, the success of uh, of La La Land, kind of alongside and in in competition with it. The lesson I draw from that is not the impoverishment of of movies. Um, but just more that that this kind of uh, the landscape is 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 changing, um, and and movies and and television are less separate than they've been before, and 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 feed into um, into each other more more directly than they have. Have you ever seen in your years of being a film critic a more perfect storm of an event like Moonlight? <laughs> and, and not only in that is it right. is, is it a great movie, but it seemed to hit exactly. A, a nerve we'd all been feeling last year. I think so. I I can't think of another um, thing that that was so, in a way, a, a feeling that we didn't even know we were having. You know, and and the thing that I like about it too is it's not a movie that that kind of leads with its topicality or relevance. You know, it's not making um, great claims to 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 being kind of the important movie of our time that, that, that everyone must see, you know, on, on the contrary, it's very absorbed in, in the particulars of its character, of its story and of its, its methods. Um, and I, I think, and, and I still don't know, I still haven't kind of unpacked for myself all of the different interesting threads in the phenomenon. Some of, some of which have to do with, I think, um, A24's ability to, to market it, because um, this, uh, you could imagine, you know, the same movie um, being released, um, getting praised at festivals, um, you know, getting some Gotham or Independent Spirit Award nominations, you know, grossing um, a million or two dollars, <laughs> um, and and that being a, a a success story, a happy, you know, a happy story, a lot of of. Um, small, interesting uh, independent films have have followed that path, in, including ones um, you know about African American or, or or queer characters. So, the way it hit, as as it did, was was something um, that uh, still I kind of look back on with some <laughs> astonishment. But I do also remember being in the first screening in in Telluride. Um, in 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 one of the bigger venues there, um, with like six hundred people, and I've never heard a full house that quiet as when that movie was over. After the last shot of that movie, it was just like, and everyone just usually people get up and start you know running for the right. next thing at a festival. And everyone just like sat there, kind of dwelling in that moment and that feeling. Um, and and that was that was really extraordinary. And because and that was something you know I've gone to a lot of screenings and a lot of festivals. In 17 years, and I was like, "Wow, this is really this is unusual. This is something I haven't quite felt before." Um, and I think that that audiences uh, found their way to it and 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 had that um, feeling. And I just I, I've 
ran into a lot of people, you know, who who are not film people or or critics who had gone to see it, you know, who who were who were moved by it and 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 surprised by it in the same in the same way. So I I do think that that it 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 struck a lot of uh, not just one but but a few different um, chords that were kind of out there in our in our cultural life to be um, to be touched. Your view of that, as I mentioned, was widely circulated, mm-hmm. but on the whole. It seems to be the trend that in film criticism right now, the reviews that gain traction, if they even do, are generally pretty negative. They're, they're beat downs. They're, they're, they're filled with ad hominem. Yeah. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure that that's new because I think there, there's always been kind of... It, I, I've found this for as long as I've, I've, I've been a critic that... Um, you know, there, there's an immediate impact for for a negative review because it's fun, and it's mean, and it's and it's a kind of um, there, there's a little bit of a of a sort of venting or catharsis that mm-hmm. happens. Like everybody in the world, um, maybe especially nowadays, is mad about something, right? So if you can just kind of like lance that boil and express some of that anger about about something that doesn't really have you know um, enormous terrible uh, consequences in the world, it's like you know you could be like. My favorite is when people believe it has consequences. Like <laughs> right. anytime I've reread Renata Adler's review of Pauline Kale yes. ten thousand times. Oh my god, I love that piece. It's funny because I, I I um I sometimes assign that to students who I teach and they are so like they're a little shocked that anyone can actually be that mean. They're just they sort of sit there like, But she said, Oh my god, she said that you know, how could you say um and it, and it's a very you know it, it's 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 not an entirely fair review, but a lot of a lot of those uh, those arrows do find their their target. So there's there's a certain kind of um, just satisfaction, and you can be you know you can be a lot funnier um, when you're attacking something than 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 when you're praising it. In a way, those the that that kind of um, thrill. Uh, or or delight in a negative review um, evaporates pretty quickly. Um, that is, I, I, with some exceptions like that, Renata Heather review. The the, the sort of the um, negative reviews just they 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 fade away. They they kind of they they do their work, and very often um, the thing that they're that they're attacking um, is is properly forgotten so those reviews aren't really i mean um except as sort of examples of of uh of nasty rhetoric um don't necessarily um survive and and i think that that you know critics who are um and works of criticism that are remembered um and that retain some value are actually ones that that are trying to 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 express some enthusiasm or lead um audiences or readers to to discover something um the negative reviews that that survive i think are dissenting opinions on work that has itself survived so you know um go read mary mccarthy on streetcar named desire like that's a great takedown but it's only interesting because in a way it's been you know it's it's a it's a it's a minority opinion on um something that's a, a kind of a consensus masterpiece when you're assigning your students pieces to read what else are you telling them now about getting into film criticism i know that's something you've been asked yeah a lot especially on your book tour last year yeah because people see you and they think 
what a wonderful job. And I see you and I think, what a wonderful job. But <laughs> as someone who's been part of this industry for, yeah. for a few years, you're an outlier. And that's not going to change. It is. It is a wonderful job, and and um and it's it's also yeah. I mean, I am an outlier, and and, and in a way, um, that's always been true. I mean, I, I I I do, I you know, I do like to remind people that it that it's 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 never been uh the the, the kind of job that like your high school guidance counselor would would encourage you to to seek out, or or I mean, it's it's a very strange thing to do or to want to do. Um, it's always been an oddity, but I yeah, I, it's it's worth noting that. At the very least, we can agree when it comes to newspaper positions, yep. if we look back 15 years ago, there are just exponentially more jobs. Maybe they're not well paid, yep. Yep. but they're still real positions. No, I mean, there's there's been a real, um, uh, at, at, it's part of the, the, just the sort of the overall um, shrinkage of, of, of the news media um, because, and it has mostly to do, I think, with the, yeah, with the collapse of local and regional newspapers um and one of the first um things that that uh um that those papers did was was shed um arts coverage and 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 um and criticism you know so uh either by you know taking it off off the wires and off of off of syndication or or getting rid of it um altogether um i mean i would say you know if if we think it's bad in in um in film criticism, it's it's positively flourishing compared to you know classical music or theater or 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 visual arts or or, or you know all of what used to make up um, a kind of uh, arts a, and leisure yeah section. an arts and even even like a normally robust um, culture section of a newspaper um, outside of you know New York Los Angeles and Chicago that's that's almost all gone um and i think that that's a, that's a that's a huge loss and it's part of just the loss of these of these local newspapers um because you know it's it's there are also fewer people reporting on the state legislatures and and city councils and school boards and i mean that's that's a civic uh catastrophe um but i i, I do think that there are um you know that loss has not been offset but it's been a little bit mitigated by the opening up of new um avenues for for criticism um in in digital media and i've i've been struck by how um you know recently some of the the uh the newer digital publications um like vox or uh or huffington post or buzzfeed um say um and other ones you know uh uprox or mike or um you know ha- do seem to be to some degree um investing in or recognizing the importance of um of criticism of of critical writing on culture i think there was an idea a few years back that this could all be crowdsourced that it could all be just like you know user generated content um would do the trick and criticism wasn't going to be needed anymore i think there's there's been um, some to some degree, a kind of stepping back from that, um, as as um, these companies realize that, like, well, readers, if you're going to attract readers, you need something that's worth reading, um, and that and that actual writers um, can produce that. I think all those sites you mentioned, you know, we go down the line: uh, Alyssa Wilkinson, mm-hmm. Keith Phipps, mm-hmm. uh, Allison Wilmore. Yeah, you, those are. Um, one, those are rarefied positions, but it also seems like on each of those outlets, 
they're experiments. They're mm-hmm. they're doing their best to see if that works, and it and it seems like there is some appetite for it. But the one thing that strikes a lot of people, and, and something you see on Twitter a lot, and which by Twitter I mean the online discourse between peers, is that there's not a lot of money in this. Mm-mm. And and as you say, it's an experiment, which means that that the plug can be pulled at any time if if whatever you know um traffic or subscription or whatever expectations are not being met um then it's very easy um for these for these companies which are or, which are new and pride themselves on being you know always sort of fluid and self disrupting um and don't um in many cases have unionized workforces um to to like um to say okay well forget it <laughs> well you know mm-hmm. Um, experiment over so so I, I I think it it we are in a very tenuous time and it, and it partly I think has to do with um, the way that people uh, consume um, this kind of media I mean with 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 the disaggregation of specific publications so that you know when you when you bought the New York Times or when you bought any any newspaper or magazine um, it, it's not as if you know you 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 bought it for the movie reviews. Um, you know, you got the whole thing. Right. You got the movie reviews, whether you wanted them or not. And a certain number of people, nobody never. There was never any way to measure how many, and nobody cared. Would read the 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 newspaper. Reviews. You bought it as a package. You bought it as a package, and and you and you committed to the whole to the whole package. And now you know with 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 digital subscription models, you do that to some extent, but. Most of more and more of the 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 readers who come to any single article, um, whether it's it's in the New York Times or anywhere else, come come to it in, in this ad hoc way through through social media, through through a Twitter link, through um, through Facebook, um, and so are not. And don't have to kind of you know buy the buy the whole bundle. So now, and and we have this terrible um, <laughs> terrible access to 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 the to the analytics, right? So that that everyone can know you know how many people actually looked at your thing, um, how long they spent on it, um, and that's obviously in some ways a very useful thing to know but it's but there it's 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 also um it's a little frightening are you know? looking at them well we you look at them sometimes they're available in 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 the newsroom um in there there we have uh yeah we have an 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 app and 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 so you can see um you know you can see it in different. It's broken down in different ways. Um, you can see the total page views. You can see um, what percentage of them came, you know, were were on on um, phone or or laptop or um, uh, um, or tablet. How how people got to it um, through the homepage, through social media. Um, so and and which is which is um, kind of fascinating but it can also be paralyzing because if and and i think what what is is dangerous is then um the attempt to to kind of try to um reverse engineer those numbers and figure out okay what you know what can i do that will get traction that will get sixty thousand people on their phone right um and the and of course you know um Reviewing a, 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 a new Romanian movie in limited release is never going to be the answer to that. 
So, but we still have to do that, and it's still really important, and it's still the most, you know, one of the most important things that that I do. So, um, but it's interesting that never had to be the answer, right? It never that, had. That, to be this the is a new problem, and I think that's right. something we're all grappling with: yep. is that we like to look at the past to tell us how we act now or how we're supposed to right. act in the future. There is no past, right? We ne- we never had to ask you to say, hey. Can that Romanian review of a movie that's only going to play in New York and L.A. and if it does well, maybe Chicago? Right. Can that get enough traction to justify additional coverage? Exactly. And 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 you know, luckily, it, it's it's not the, the question is not being asked so starkly yet. But it's it. I think that has to do with with um, that. There's still a sense of um, of the kind of you know the traditional prerogatives of 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 the critic and the importance of um of criticism and of just news in general which is um not to try to figure out what you the reader is already interested in but to tell you what we think you might maybe should be interested in um so right it it was in 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 the past it was just kind of like well if you know if the new york times critic thinks that this um romanian movie is the most important thing happening this this weekend you know there there will there will be space there will be placement um and and that's not even really um much of a question uh so i think that 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 yeah you 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 put your finger on it we're in we're in this in this in this entirely new on the verge of this entirely new way of thinking about um not just our relationship as critics to the audience for whatever it is that we're writing about but to our own audience, um, as, as, as well. And, um, the idea of a kind of audience dependent criticism is one that makes me very nervous because I think that the value of what critics do, um, lies in our, our autonomy, our independence, our, our, our ability, really the requirement, um, to, to make our judgments and, and articulate them without necessarily worrying about, um, uh, how how popular or or agreeable um, they're going to be? The joy of criticism is is the hope that there's mutual discovery, both on the part of the writer and the reader. Exactly. Yeah. You, you saying it, it, it's not a consideration at the times. I think you and the New Yorker, and mostly Richard Brody at the New Yorker, <laughs> that seems to be where you guys land. But I think yeah. for everyone else, you know, even our mutual friend Michael Phillips, mm-hmm. I mean. You know that, I mean, we, we know that print outlets, especially in newspapers, that is a consideration. I think they do have to limit their international coverage, for example. And I don't know if there's a solution to that. I don't see, I mean, this, what we're talking about is precisely the thing that, that has, has um, dampened some of my temperamental optimism. I mean, the... Um, the book that I wrote that was published, you know, a year and a half ago is, is a sort of defiantly optimistic book. Um, That's but it a was, great way of putting it, defiantly <laughs> optimistic. Um, you know, that this thing is not going to go away, that, that criticism, whether you like it or not, um, it is with us and it will, it will um, to some degree, uh, thrive. But, but, I, but I have to say that that optimism has been um, tempered uh, Partly by exactly what we're 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 talking about, um, which is which is something a little bit 
new or or the, or that has kind of really come to the fore um, since the book uh, was 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 published. I mean, what I was thinking about in in the book was much more about kind of algorithms and and Yelp scores and and Amazon reviews um, and social media as a kind of um, competing forum of opinion. Um, and the argument that I made, which which I still think is 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 right, is that criticism can actually flourish within those conditions, but. When, um, in a way, the 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 values or or the 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 vector of criticism—I don't know what the metaphor is that I want—is is reversed. Um, when criticism is kind of expected to to feed back some pre-existing public awareness or opinion, that's when it gets um, it gets a little scary for me just for the reasons that you're talking about if 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 we have to do this triage and say well you know um this potentially very valuable but not necessarily widely popular um piece of art whatever it is if it's you know a book of poems or a or a um a a, a dance recital um or a or a foreign film um or whatever, um, if we can't justify covering this based on how many people we think might read our coverage, um, that just that that fills me with dread. It's dread, and also the writing gets boring. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest fear. Do you tell young writers now? And this is a conversation that's been had a lot. Just getting into the economics of film criticism. Yeah. Do you tell them yes in the beginning you should write for free? That's a really that's a really hard one. Um, I I I think um, I think in a way you have no choice uh, now, um, but to write for free. Um, but you should be getting something um, of value in exchange for your free labor. By which I just I don't mean just like exposure, which is which is the sort of you know the the the, the notional thing that's often sold. If if it's something. Um, that you care enough about writing about um and if it's for um an outlet or for people who you feel some some kind of sense of of uh of sympathy or 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 solidarity or or being on the same wavelength with um then it then then it's it's worth um uh it's it's worth doing but i think you have to be very careful you have to be vigilant against um against the, the the forms of of exploitation and wage theft um that are out there that that are that are everywhere uh and i think you know the other thing that i say to young people is you have to figure out how to how to organize i mean i i mean i sound like a kind of you know jeremy corbyn <laughs> but um that's you know part of my dna is is that sort of old labor lefty view but the thing is you 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 can't just defend the value of your labor as an individual. Um, the only way to do it in the end is is collectively. I was very proud that that one of my former students, um, who I claim you know no take no credit for um, for, for her, helped helped you know organize uh, to to unionize MTV News where 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 she works now. And I think it's very and you know um, it's not the answer to. To everything, um, and and it's not you know um, it's it's not as if uh, organizing um, and unionizing will solve every problem, and will and they're not without some drawbacks. But I think it's very it's very important 
just as young writers are trying to figure out um, and build new platforms and new and new avenues of expression, also to think about um, ways to to defend um, and protect the value of the labor that they do. I think intellectually and ethically, you're on to something. But in terms of its practicality, I, I just want to speak to... I had a site. It was called Movie Mezzanine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read it, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it existed. Um, for the first two years, it existed as... I mean, it existed as a labor of love for its entire sure. time, but we did not pay anyone. Mm-hmm. We ourselves did not get paid right. for the countless hours we spent on right. it. In its last year, we decided we have some amount of money from minimal amount of advertising right. and right. my own money that I had made from freelancing that I threw into it. Yeah. And we tried our best to pay people, and it was not a lot of money. It, mm-hmm. was, it was virtually nothing, mm-hmm. but it was all we had. Yeah. The site closes down. Our site's not alone in closing down. Right, I mean, right. the dissolve closed the dissolve down. Closed totally down. different yeah. backing. The problem we're butting up against that we butt up against and that even at the dissolve where I interned mm-hmm. under the pitchfork banner, you say rally, you say do this. I believe you. I, I really. I don't, it's no disrespect. But yeah. The real truth is, what are you rallying against? Because there's no. it's not like we had secret money. Like there's... There's just the money is not there. So it, when, when you're fighting against it, MTV is a great example. MTV had a resurgence three right. years ago, and then right. the editor from Grantland moved over, and they yep. hired Amy Nicholson, and they yep. hired all these people. But by the time this comes out, more and more MTV letters are leaving. Yeah, and that site is slowly, and it's nothing against any of them. I have many friends there. Yeah. The economics of it don't allow for it. So I guess I'm just I'm vexed because I don't know what the answer is. Well, I I mean I think you know I you you raise a a, a very good point because 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 the economics of it are are um are are in a way kind of uh, calamitous across the board because the the I mean the advertising money is being um, sucked away by Facebook and Google um uh for for anything online i mean that's that's true of 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 the new york times too you know it's not like there's there's a huge um amount of uh um of digital advertising revenue there and there certainly is is less and less print advertising revenue and and there is you know the 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 sale of online subscriptions um has been very successful in this case but has not you know off the, the 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 buyouts and and downsizing that's happening there now is 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 a consequence of that. So the subscription thing, I mean, it it, it does well for the Times, the New Yorker, Wall Street Journal, right. and a few others. And if you, but right, but it, but the but, paywall is a tough sell for most people. Yeah, yeah, and and because it you know it it, it means how ma- how many how many things it it it's just I mean in a way it it returns you to sort of. Um, to the print circumstances, like how how many you know how many things can you afford to subscribe to? How far will will that um, will that dollar go? Um, and you know more and more of of the of the of the money and the and the control is is going like not to um, the publications themselves, but but th- to the bigger um, the bigger companies that sort of that that 
control the the distribution in various ways, whether whether it's it's Apple or Google or Facebook or or Amazon um, or whatever. So, so yeah. So so the landscape is 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 very different. Um, and and I think you're right. Like who you're organizing against in a way, you know, who 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 if 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 we're labor, who is management um, may not actually be. Uh, the people who we're directly working for, who are who are directly signing our paycheck, um, who may you know be drawing on a very small account, not but so this this is this is why I think it 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 demands a kind of um, a kind of creativity um, and I would I guess I guess I would say and this is I I understand that this is you know this is an evasive um, answer or non-answer but but I think that um, enormous creativity has gone into um, organizing and 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 inventing and refining um, ways of distributing content um, digitally um, and I think that some of that creativity some of that imagination has to go into um to organizing labor yeah i agree with that i have no answer i've i've you know um no i think i think this is good i think we're doing our best to unpack it yeah in a way yeah and it's and it's the thing that bothers me perhaps and maybe when i'm i'm not agitated it's not mm-hmm. certainly not with you it's more when we talk about it it's yeah. everything that i remember about the landscape yeah is that there's a tendency online and Facebook and Twitter where most of this discourse is had. There's a tendency to write shareable things. Yep. Sentiments that are not actually true and, and really don't help the situation. Right. But have the sound and a sort of like a linguistic thrill. Yep. To, to use a phrase that I just read. That's a good phrase. Yeah. But that doesn't actually help us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think, um, I think you're right. I mean, I think you know, um, talk is cheap, and it only gets cheaper, <laughs> um, in a way. And and and, uh, but I, I think it, it's fun. What, what you were just saying, I mean, reminds me of something you were saying earlier about about how the the the, the danger of the writing turning boring. Um, and I think. You know, just just because if you're if you're chasing after um, you know kind of uh, what's accessible, what's likely to po- be most popular, um, I think not only does the writing get boring, but it gets sort of cruder in a way because the way that you get attention is 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 to to kind of state an opinion that's more extreme, um, or at least is that that is sort of stripped of, of of nuance, you know, like why X is wrong or why X is right, but not for the reason that you thought. I mean, that that whole kind of um, way that um, various kinds of, of of writing are sort of um, pitched at at at, at audiences, um, kind of counterintuitive, um, in, in, but in, a, in 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 a very in a very facile way. So. Um, so the argument about Wonder Woman, like it, it is feminist. It isn't feminist. It's feminist, but not in the right way. Um, it, you know, um, feminism doesn't matter. It's just sort of like the, the, these these very crude and and often not very um, interesting or nuanced arguments are are what are, are kind of you know pushed at us. Um, 
and and I think that that can can undermine um, a lot of what I think of as as the sort of the the literary and intellectual values of of, of criticism, which is which is to to move more slowly with more nuance, to make arguments, um, to to um, not always to raise, but sometimes to lower the temperature of of, of the argument, um, and and in a in a kind of um, short attention span, traffic driven. Um, cycle of, of of attention that gets very very hard to do the wonder woman outrage uh it just reminds me of like cool hand luke just a, a failure to communicate in, in a colossal just a colossal way and, and i uh i thought the review was we're talking about david let's, let's just go into it. i mean the review is uh not very interesting. That's that's its biggest offense to me is that it's it's not a particularly interesting piece of writing, and the the subsequent outrage, you know, at this point, all of this is comedy. It has to be comedy. It's 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 total comedy. I mean, I you know, I've I've known David for a long time, and I admire him a lot as a as a as a writer, and and I think that that um, you know, he, he just he sort of got caught in this buzzsaw um where you know whatever whatever is or isn't true about that 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 review it was just really um kind of scapegoated i think is the only word in 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 a way that just um that 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 i found somewhat you know dismaying but but also indicative of of this thing that happens you know sometimes um in 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 life is that like you know the the terms change the rules change the discourse changes and you're not always aware of that um until all of a sudden um you write something that just seems to you perfectly unobjectionable and 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 you know and of course everyone will know what you're talking about and and suddenly everybody is is you know is reading in a completely different way do you think he crossed the line you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there are. I, I, no, um, I really don't. You know, because um, I'm not sure what the line is, or what, or, 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 or what it would mean. You know, I, I, th- I think that that you need to feel um, as free as you can feel. You know, and and you will like it is a guarantee when you're when you're writing for publication that you will. Um, you know that you will embarrass yourself that you will get off on the wrong foot that you will say something that that infuriates um uh someone else and that other person might not be wrong you know has has i i, I but um but i think there's a certain amount of opportunism in um in in the in the pursuit of these of these scapegoats and these and these demons and in just the sort of the 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 calling out and I, I don't think it's 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 any one person's sort of um, fault I think it has to do with just the the ways that these things get amplified and spread and grow and go you know viral so it's not just sort of one person saying pointing out you know um, some problems of language or some some you know sexist assumptions or it's mm-hmm. it's not sort of like um, an orderly critical argument. It's just this this sort of um, screaming and yelling and point scoring that that kind of uh, that gets that gets moving. The point scoring bleeds into, I think, all kinds of writing. I don't I don't think yeah. this is just a film criticism For problem. Sure. And I've been trying to unpack that myself, and I and I think it's just we all really would like to just 
be okay. <laughs> and and anything yeah. for us to not just the absence of ire or just like anything where people are upset at you mm-hmm. or frustrated, which is odd because you know there's a great quote. I don't want to butcher it, but like. If you're writing and not upsetting anyone, you're probably not writing anything interesting. Right, right. right. But it almost seems like you can't be interesting anymore because if you're interesting, you may be offensive. And mm-hmm. if you're offensive, then it's not a question of prose or, or writing. It's it's of moral character. It's of a moral it, character or of or of harm. That's that's the other thing. I mean, I think that there's a standard of like that that what you're doing is 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 not just is not just uh, you know offensive or in bad taste or, or whatever, but is, but is harmful, you know? Um, so there, there's this thing that I was just reading about in, in, in Chicago that where the, the, um, I think the Sun-Times theater critic, um, wrote a review of a Steppenwolf production. I don't remember the play. I haven't seen the play. Um, but where her, her review, which was, which was critical, I think of, of some of the kind of, um, political assumptions of, of, of the player, what she took them to be, um, you know, generated like a, a, a petition for her, you know, um, uh, not to not to not to be allowed to review these plays anymore. And in fact, um, Steppenwolf said they're not going to, you know, um, invite her to previews anymore, mm. which I think is a big problem. You know, I, I think, I, again, it's like what <laughs> um what what's going on you know i mean i i i think that there there are plenty of reviews that i that i read um that 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 i think are um insensitive or obnoxious or clueless um or or dumb um and i'm sure there are hundreds that i've written um that inspire exactly that reaction in 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 other people but that's just you know that seems like the kind of minimal condition of of public discourse, you know, I, but I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what would or what could lower the temperature. I mean, if we're talking about how inflamed things are, you know, in, in discussion of movies or arts or culture, you know, just like look in a different section of the paper or another part of the internet and, Mm. you know, um, everything is just, it's a 10 alarm fire going on. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just think it's, 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 it's no longer the case, if it ever was the case, that that you know the arts are an oasis of of uh, sanity and civility and 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 kind of um, measured uh, judgment. Um, everybody's just going crazy all the time. We could all just collectively admit that we're imperfect. We can start <laughs> if we just start there. I don't mean to get too philosophical, but there is there is uh, a tendency not only to knock people down a peg but Mm -hmm. maybe it's just my approach to it but twitter is especially confounding to me because it seems like everyone is just a really perfect human being with no flaws and they've never (laughs) done anything wrong and they've never had any opinions or changed their minds on something and that to me seems anti-human which is odd because the best pieces of film criticism are not only interesting critical analyses but deeply human in their writing yes and i i wonder i just i wonder if we've just kind of gone astray um yeah i mean but I, I, whenever whenever i kind of head in that direction there's there's always something that 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 
you know, restores my faith um, a little bit. And just in a way to, to, to come full circle, the responses to that 25 um, best film list, even though, you know, there, there, there was a lot of hostility and pushback and, 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 and uh, kind of fault finding, there was also more, um, more striking was like everybody wanted to kind of get into the game and get into the conversation. And there was, um, there was a lot that I thought was really constructive and beautiful about it because I think everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people started out acknowledging, well, of course, as you say, this is imperfect. This is, you know, here are two human beings doing something that's, that's, that's on its face ridiculous. Like we're going to list the 25, our 25 favorite or the 25 best movies of, of the century so far. I mean, that's an absurd thing to do. If you accept that that's absurd, then you can actually find something kind of um, fun and constructive and interesting to do with it. And a lot of that happened. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, well, but I like this movie. Or, you know, yeah, that Coen Brothers movie, you know, sure, Inside Lewin Davis, but boy, I really love um, A Serious Man. And a lot of people were having... Um, a conversation that included the airing of, of profound differences about something that um, that we all love and care about enough to have this argument. And, and I think that that, um, that was a, a, a sort of a nice example uh, to me of sort of, you know, of better living through criticism in action in a way. It's like here, um, here you have, have have people sort of talking about a common set of experiences that everyone has experienced differently and has valued differently and has ranked differently, um, but sort of entering into into the the spirit of um, of argument that that does not have to be vindictive or destructive right. or or zero sum right versus wrong. Well, it's an embracing of silliness. I mean, yeah. list making is silly. Yeah. And and it's silly, but it's also fun because then you see, you know, I was looking at other because people kept sending in. Of course, their, in their that was lists, the most fun is like, to see other to people's see other lists. lists and, and it's like, oh my god, there, you know, there's a movie I didn't see, or there's there's like, how could this person, you know, like this movie and also this one, you know, like, um, and 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 I thought that was, uh, yeah, that was that was, um, that was fun, and also, you know, kind of. Uh, elevating in a way we could go all day about the state of criticism <laughs> but the one thing i wanted to, to end with was sure. you've been writing about movies for a long time you've learned a lot you've done a lot of things well you've done some things poorly i'm sure because you're yeah. a, a functional human being if there was something you could tell not only young writers but like a younger version of yourself <laughs> something you learn about writing or about yeah. this job or about just being a better human in the world, what now with the experience you have would you tell like a young Tony? Um, I I would say that the, the thing that I've learned um, most, um, and in some ways uh, it's something that, that, that a senior critic told me when, when, when I was, had been doing it for a year or two, I, I, um, uh, I was was um, talking with Jim Hoberman, and he said something. I'm not going to remember it exactly right, but it sort of stayed with me. He 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 said, you know, it's it's. I always think it's funny how um, how mad you get at the bad movies, like how how personally you take it, how indignant you get. Um, and I think it was true. I think at the time, uh, as is often the case with younger critics, I I, I regarded you know 
every, everything that fa- every movie that failed, every bad movie as as a kind of you know um, as an offense <laughs> um, against me, yeah, yeah. against art, against truth, against everything, and a personal assault, a personal assault, and the one that needed to be that needed to be avenged, you know, um, <laughs> and. I certainly still think that there are um, bad movies that deserve, you know, the full. Um, there have been a couple of them in the last few weeks, you know, The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean, um, that that you know that still make me mad. But um, I would say to my younger self, you know, don't don't take it so personally, and and. Um, I think there's a there there's a way that you learn to be without losing your 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 sense of 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 your own values or your own standards that that you can loosen up a little bit um and it's hard cuz sometimes sometimes I go back and read things that I that I that I wrote when I was younger and and I'm kind of amazed at the the sort of the energy and intensity that I could summon then, and I wonder where that where that <laughs> went. That's the per, you know the perennial middle aged man's complaint um, or 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 regret. But but sometimes I read them like, dude, just you know take a breath, slow down, <laughs> just stop trying so hard. Um, but in a way, you know, it's only by by trying that hard and 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 kind of throwing yourself uh, against the wall that you learn how to um, how to kind of uh, soften up when you when you need to. That's pretty good. All right. Well, thank you, Tony. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Well, it's been a great pleasure. <laughs> Special thanks this week to the good people at the Metrograph in New York City. They let us record in one of their beautiful theaters, which proved to be a perfect setting for this week's episode. This month, like every month, Metrograph has a wonderfully diverse selection of screenings. A 4th of July concert film series, THX 1138, Two Girls and a Guy with director James Toback in attendance, True Stories by David Byrne, the list literally goes on and on. You can find out more about this great establishment at www.metrograph.com. As for Tony, his work is fairly easy to locate as it appears almost every week in the New York Times. Reviews, essays, letters. His book, Better Living Through Criticism, is available on Amazon right now for about $13. It is money well spent. 
If you're in desperate need of hearing more film critics talk about film and film criticism, we've done episodes with a whole bunch of quality writers. Amy Nicholson, Matt Zollersites, Wesley Morris, Alyssa Wilkinson, and many more. Our show is executive produced by David Chen, illustrations by Krishna Shenoy, graphics by Ian Jones, music by Dylan Peck, our assistant producer is Valerie Ettenhofer, and the show is produced by Nora Knight. I'm Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talk Easy. Now, here's your listener question. So, our listener question comes from a guy I think you know. His name is Michael Phillips. <laughs> he says, uh, do you have any routine or self-deceptive trick to get into a good writing groove? He did comment, actually, the first thing he said was, why the hell is Million Dollar Baby on the list? <laughs> but you don't have to ask him about okay. that. Um, you know, the the the... I I still find that nothing beats um panic as a as a uh, a way to get into the writing groove and I still I think one of the reasons that I that I've um uh thrived to the extent that I have um as a as a a newspaper writer is the inflexibility of the deadlines and so it's just like the the um just the sort of the 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 anxiety like you know you're you're standing on the train track and the train is coming um and you have to jump out of the way you know but it's like you want to do it like in the movies where you jump out of the way just at the second before um that that you know the wheels are going to are going to slice you to pieces so um so that's kind of the 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 groove and I've tried I have I've tried to to reform my habits um and to become someone who like gets an early start and like lays it all out and and um and gets the gets the thing in in early um but it just it's it's always i'm always right um i need to anticipate the 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 editor you know the the email subject line eta five question marks (laughs) and it's like and if i can if i can get it in like 10 seconds before the editor was going to hit send on that email like then um that's a big win that's like that's that's a that's a triumph but but i do need i and 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 uh, i've made my peace with the fact that like um that that anxiety you know along with along with caffeine is the is the is the fuel that 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 uh, that keeps my engine spinning The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. 
Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventionalawards. See you there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.